Hi, I'm Samantha Boffin, and this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing, the podcast that helps you find, prep, and direct the perfect voice artists for your projects so you can get the most from every single booking. Hello, I'm Samantha, and welcome to this week's Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. Now, this episode is going to be quite a short one because I've really only got a single point to make. We're talking about audiobooks and how to think beyond the obvious when choosing a narrator. It's impossible to imagine, but it was only just over 19 years ago that Steve Jobs launched the original iPod using the slogan, A Thousand Songs in Your Pocket. It's impossible to imagine because now the idea of accessing all kinds of stuff wherever we are in the world via our phones, our tablets and PCs, just seems the norm. And a conservative estimate on the number of audiobooks we have access to right now is over 400,000. I'm only amazed it isn't more. And we can get them anywhere, through podcasts, apps and streaming services. We can borrow them from libraries or buy them from any number of sellers and download them immediately to our pockets and our ears. Now, I know that a few people still feel that listening to an audiobook is somehow cheating, the lazy person's version of reading. And some people worry that the actor or narrator's voice will somehow get in the way. But there's no denying it. Audiobooks are having a moment right now. This week, a Guardian article, there's a link in the show notes if you're interested, mentions that UK audiobook sales increased by 42% between January and June this year. And the biggest growth sector is fiction. Now, I suppose that's no surprise, really. People are wanting to escape from the world right now. But I was a little bit amazed, if I'm honest. I mean, I listen almost exclusively to fiction. But you'd have thought that factual and self-help books would have surged, and maybe they have too. But audiobook fiction has really rocketed. And the fabled dip, where people stopped listening to books and podcasts because they weren't commuting to work seems actually not to have really happened. Walking, doing chores, early morning mindfulness and pre-bedtime relaxation all seem to be prime audiobook time, which is great news for voice artists like me, because potentially there's more work around, and for audiobook producers and publishers. There's big growth apparently among male readers in particular, and the 18 to 24-year-old age group for all sexes is booming. And there's a new report by the National Literacy Trust, which shows that over 23% of children and young people said they've listened to audiobooks more during lockdown. Audio is pulling in new audiences, listeners who don't usually buy books or readers who are listening to books that they wouldn't normally pick up in print. So who cares? Why am I even mentioning this in a podcast about audio directing? Apart from to say, well, great, at least there's some work in that sector. Well, it made me think, more than ever, that it's crucial to find the right audiobook narrators and perhaps to think beyond the obvious choices. There are often preconceptions about how certain books should be read, not just the classics, although they are approached in quite particular ways, but all kinds of books. Children's books are often a character voice or a parent one. A factual book written by a woman invariably has a woman's voice and vice versa for a man, A book set in 1960s gangland London would probably have an EastEnders vibe. And they may all be great choices. But if we want to ride the crest of the audiobook wave, 
should we be thinking in different ways for different audiences and listeners? Could a self-help book written by a woman reach more men if it was read by a man? This is what I'm narrating, actually, this coming week, so I'm absolutely not trying to do myself out of a job here. But I do wonder. I mean, I don't know. A quick look at some audiobook versions of Dracula. They're mainly, though not all, narrated by men. Wuthering Heights, it was good to see, was narrated by a few women, despite the first-person narrator actually being a man in the book. And could The Great Gatsby really work if the audiobook narrator was neither American nor male? Well, maybe. It would certainly have a different perspective. After all, when we read, whose voice are we hearing in our heads? Now, this is a little bit embarrassing, but I was well into my 30s before I realised that the girls in Little Women were American. They were British to me, despite a million clues to the contrary, but I visualised and heard them all as English girls when I read the book. If I had listened to a Little Women audiobook at 12 with an American narrator, I wonder if it would have resonated as much as it did. So what am I saying? Well, I guess what I'm saying is don't always go for the obvious choice when you're casting for an audiobook narrator. Think about your audience and who you're trying to reach, not just about the literal voice of the book. Children's audiobooks are fascinating and use a lot of different approaches, from the Miriam Margolis character type approach to full casts of characters, especially if the books are already animation series. They use parent-led or grandparent-led narrators, dramatisations and lots in between. Now, of course, it's very tricky to get an actual child to deliver an audiobook, though there are a great many voice actors who create amazing children's voices. But anyway, would a child's voice resonate with children more or less, or do we just have to see? But where is the tipping point? Would I Capture the Castle be even more resonant if it was actually read by a teenager? The versions that I found as audiobooks absolutely weren't. And would it appeal to more boys if it was read by a teenage boy, even though Cassandra is the first-person narrator? Or what if a book like The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry was read by a young woman? Would that attract younger listeners? I don't actually have the answer, <laughs> and the publishers don't have bottomless pockets, so perhaps we will never know, but I am really curious. Bringing books to life so that they reach audiences who wouldn't otherwise read or listen to them is an incredible gift. Sometimes the choice is clear, but could you reach different audiences if you just mixed it up a little? I mean, this must happen all the time with foreign translations. The National Literary Trust report found that audiobooks were great for listeners' imaginations and increased their ability to empathise with others, which is amazing. And also that storytelling helped people feel less lonely and had a positive effect on their well-being. So finding the right narrator who really resonates with the listener is far more than just creating an audiobook. And on that bombshell, I'm going to end it there. I suspect I've generated far more questions than answers, but that's the problem with podcasts. But don't worry, next week is full of insights and useful information, because I am talking to the Ginger Yoda himself, narrator and coach Sean Pratt, all about audiobooks, coaching, and why it matters so much. Thank you so much for listening, and do check out the rest of the series, or follow me on Instagram. I'm really easy to find, just look for Samantha Boffin. This week, of course, it's all about audiobooks. What are you listening to right now? So until next time, 
This was Talking Creative, and I'm Samantha. And now, I've got a book to narrate. So I'll see you soon. Bye. That's it for this week on Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. If you're new here, do take a moment to subscribe, rate and review on your favourite podcast app. Or head over to talkingcreative.co.uk where you'll find the whole series so you can get the most from every single booking.